0: Welcome to She Makes Waves. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga, and I'm here to share with you a lot of realness and rawness about what it's really like and how we all have to let go of who we thought we had to be to live into who we actually are. I'm going to be sharing with you my truths and the truths of others and make waves while doing it. Who's with me? Because we're not going to be nice anymore. We're getting real. Buckle up, babe. Let's do this. Today, we have Jennifer Kenny on the show. Jennifer is the host of the Independent Stylist podcast, as well as a salon suite expert and consultant who coaches those who want to create a life of freedom and abundance for themselves. She helps hairstylists to be their own boss, learn how to start a business from scratch, light it up, and then streamline it while avoiding burnout. Welcome to the show,
1: Jennifer. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited, you know, just from getting to know you on Instagram and loving all the tactical advice that you give people, but more excited than anything to get to hear a little bit more about your journey to today. And given that we're in such a unique climate in the industry, I think that you have a story that I think is going to leave people feeling like there's hope and that you know you can do anything regardless of like when you start your business if you put your mind to it have focus and work really hard. So thank you for taking the time. You are
1: welcome. I really think that it is it is it's time of uncertainty right now and the closest thing that we have to compare it to, the closest things rather are mm-hmm. 9/11 and the great recession. And so The best thing that I think anybody can do right now in this moment, in this week, as we're watching, you know, is to keep as positive an attitude as possible, you know. So, yeah. So, Jennifer, I love everything you just shared.
0: And so can you tell us a little bit about when you got into the industry because i know we talked a little bit before the episode about how you built your business during 2008 during the recession and i i had started my business around that time too i i started on the florida salon in 2007 fall you know 2007 and then 2008 is when i was really building my clientele in a traditional salon but i'd love to hear about your experience cuz i think that that's
1: full of knowledge. Absolutely. So I started hair school in January of 2007. And I was coming out of a very, very unpleasant divorce. And I was looking at, which I don't talk about that much, but here we are. I was looking at this, like I had gone to college. I did not have my degree. I majored in marketing. And then I stayed home with my girls and found myself at almost 30 in hair school saying, this is what I want to do. This is a career that I could actually make some money, but I could build it around my life as much as possible. And the first day that I sat down in the hair school the owner came up and they owned, two of the owners owned some of the nicer salons in the area. They still do. And the first thing out of his mouth was, just so you know, once you finish school, it would be a really good idea to apprentice for at least a year. And my heart just dropped because in my head, I was going to finish school and I was going to go make $50,000 a year right out of school. So I was already from day one of hair school making the decision to say to myself, I will overcome that now too. I'll figure it out. I will figure it out. There has to be a way. Like I always was my own biggest cheerleader in my head, if that makes sense, (laughs) because you have to be when Mm kind of like, I don't want to sound like, you know, the odds are stacked against you, but that's how I felt for me. Like I was starting in this time of recession. I finished school. I got a job at a fantastic, or what I thought, you know, was a fantastic commission, like a fancy salon as an associate. And while I was assisting an amazing woman that I'm still friends with today, I watched the bottom fall out of the economy. And I watched the clients trickle away there were a lot of realtors in that salon all the time spending money like making it rain constantly and they went away you know in in a few weeks months and i watched things like the back bar change we used um l'oréal Siri expert i don't know if any you know if you guys are familiar with that but it's a higher and it's almost like kerastase and i watched the back bar go From stocked with every Siri mask and power dose and chem shots and everything to just basic conditioner. Like little things like that, that I was watching how this salon was reacting to the economic climate. And they didn't go out of business. People were making less money, but people, nobody left. You know, it just, I just kept telling myself, I don't have an option to tell myself anything other than, I will make it. I'll get through this. And that's kind of what I did. I started looking immediately um, for a niche because I thought to myself, there's all these stylists that are better than me, that are more seasoned than me, that have been in the industry, that already have a clientele. I need to figure out a way to set myself apart from them Or I'm going to have nothing, you know? So I started looking. I looked into extensions. That was the first niche. I think that's probably the first niche a lot of people think of when they even try to think of, like, an example of a niche in our industry. And I looked into that, and then a really good friend of mine who has curly hair told me about this product that she used called WeDad. And I had never heard of it. Nobody sold it in our area. The only way you could get it was online. So I went online while I was still a you know commissioned employee at this salon. And quiet, I remember I was sitting in the back of the salon. They had this beautiful row of seats with dryers. And it looked out onto this lake. And I was literally sitting there because I didn't have anybody on my book for the rest of the day. And I sat there and said, what can I do with my time to try to make the most of my time? Like, what can I get into? And I Googled We Dad and was looking at it. And I was like, this is really great. There's, you know, a lot of people in Tampa, which is where I lived, have curly hair. There's a huge Latin population in Florida and especially in Tampa. And I was watching in this salon, people get flat ironed, people get... Blowouts, the keratins constantly. And I thought, I haven't really seen anybody style anybody curly or them just leave like naturally curly. I literally haven't seen it once, but I see a lot of curly hair coming in. So I kind of just kept it in my, close to my, what am I trying to say? Close to the vest because I knew that this salon that I was at, I was afraid, shall I say, that um, if they caught on to this, they would take it and run with it. Like I didn't want to let them know because I was like, this hopefully can be my salvation. Let's be real. About a year later, I really got serious and I looked into it to see what it what could I get education from them. They had something on their website about education. Learn to do their haircut. And my friend had kept saying it too. Like, if you could cut my hair like this, it would be great. Like my, and her sister's hair was absolutely just gorgeous. I never would have known what to do, how to do it. Couldn't have done it with the products that I had access to. I Sent them an email. I must've filled out a form and they sent me something back and said, you know, this is how much it costs to do it. We'll send you a packet, like an informational packet. I remember getting that red folder in the mail. And looking at it and just, it it was a really emotional feeling because it was like, I just opened it up and was like, this is it. This is everything. This will put food on the table for my kids. This will give me access to everything I hoped I could do in my career because they had data. They had, I don't remember exactly how it was laid out, but they had These are how many people are buying the products within five miles of your zip code. These are how many people are buying them online within 10, 20, 50 miles of your zip code. These are how many people who have searched in our salon finder for your zip code. I looked at that and said, if I can get 10% of that business, I'll have everything I'll ever need the rest of my life. Wow.
0: So did it feel like a light at the end of the tunnel? Like you're at this salon and you're
1: not like sure, like, you know, something has to give and then you get this red folder in the mail. Yeah. I mean, that red folder was, and it's weird, like about, like you said it in our conversation before we started, like I'm realizing it as I'm saying it, like the significance of that red folder. (laughs) I had left the salon that I was at I was not happy there. I looked around and I realized I was never going to have any kind of autonomy whatsoever there. I was never going to make the kind of money that I wanted to or needed to there. So I was like booth renting, I think, at a place that was on their way out of business. And it was a lovely woman. And it just wasn't the right time for that entire situation for her. So... I went to another salon and I went looking for booth rental salons and I drove around one day while the girls were in school and I sat outside of, in my car, of the salons, you know, a few of them that I was considering and I watched the traffic and the one that I finally decided to walk into, I watched people consistently come in and out and they all looked good. And it was a steady stream of traffic. And this is, you know, 2009, I guess. That was like the best insight I had on how to pick where I was going to go.
0: It's smart, though. Like you just feel, you did it like it's like the modern, it was like
1: back in the day version of people going to get a blowout at the place they kind of want to work at. Yes. It's cool. Exactly. And I walked and I had come up in in a school that fed to commissioned salons. And I had been... I don't want to say brainwashed, but I'm going to say brainwashed to think that that was the only way that I would have any kind of success was to work in a commissioned salon and to be part of something bigger. Yeah. So I was going in there with my gut telling me this is how I'm going to build my own little empire and, and show my girls I can do it and show my parents I can do it. And in the back of my head, I had this nagging voice, you'll never be anything if you're not part of a team. And it was really like, it's a big part of my why for why I do my podcast and why I get very, very kind of lit up in some of my Instagram captions, because I want people to know that that's not, not always true. But I went in and I spoke to the owner and she was cool. She was relaxed and I kind of liked the vibe in there. So I rented a chair with almost no clientele. My parents were helping me pay my rent. It was really, um, I didn't realize it at the time, but it was a dark time as far as stress and worry, like looking back. I was so happy Mm -hmm. to be out of that marriage, out of that situation. It was While I was living it day to day, there was stress, but I was still literally jumping on the bed, lip syncing at night, so happy to be free. It was really, it's just kind of like strange looking back on all of it. Do you you think it has to do with the fact that now that you're so
0: happy, you didn't even know it was possible? Like that you thought that maybe that was just like how life
1: was? Yeah. Oh yeah. I was a 30 year old with the life experience of a 19 year old in, in the business world if that makes sense. I had no idea. I have, I will, to my credit, I will say, I think I have a fantastic gut instinct and that was what guided me. It was not smarts. I can tell you that. Like there was a little bit of smarts, but it was a lot of just my gut and intuition saying, this feels right. This looks good. I, you know, this is a good idea to set myself. I wasn't looking at it, even with a marketing background, I wasn't looking at it going, I need to find a niche and I need to find differentiators. And I was just telling myself, I got to figure out how to be different than all these other people, or I'm going to be in exactly the same boat that they are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy how in hindsight you can look back and go like that girl had so much stress,
1: but like at the time she didn't know it. And like almost what a gift that she didn't know that that's how bad it Ignorance was. Ignorance was bliss. It was my saving mm-hmm. grace. I was, um, I had some, re- I still had some really great friends. I, On top of all of this, I was a thousand miles away from my family. I still am. I moved to Florida. That's where my girls were born. I could not take them back to New Jersey where I'm from. It would have been a, a fortune in court cost if I had won. And if I had won, would that have even been the right thing for them? Because they grew up in, like, you know, they were in a good school, everything. So I was doing this like on my own, you know, it was really, but I felt so empowered at the whole, the whole time that I didn't realize exactly how freaking crazy and stressful it was. And I had my folder, they were having a two for one sale. We could both go the price of one person to New York and get trained with them. And it included like a full product line buy. And it was a ridiculously fantastic deal. I mean, the products alone were worth probably twice what the sale was, but it was still a lot of money to me at the time. Right. And I said, would you be interested in doing this? Like, I really want to do this. And I think this could help me, you know, support myself. I didn't want to ask my parents for the money because they were already helping me so much. So I had been putting it off and putting it off. And one of my friends, Jen, we were talking about it one night and she said, why don't you do that? We dad. And I said, well, it's $1,500. I don't have that kind of money right now. She's like, I'll give you the money. Pay me back because you know, this is such a good deal. You pay me back as soon as you can. No strings attached. And I was like, you know, she had a good job. She was in the insurance industry. Like, I don't think it was going to, she was going to miss it. And I said, I don't know. I don't feel right. And she said, look, this is just incredible as I'm telling this story because I forget about it, you know, day to day. Yeah.
0: And you think about like, she was kind of like a little angel. So, I mean, it's like so cool to look back and
1: almost like see how many people showed up. Well, you know where she got the money? She had that $1,500 set aside. Because she had a friend who had cancer. She was recovering. She was, I'm pretty sure, back at work. During her chemo, she had fallen behind on some of her bills. And they were about to repossess her car. Jen gave her the money to pay for that. And then Jen said, "I had she paid, she paid her back. The girl paid her wow. back. And she said, I've had this money sitting here waiting to give it to another woman to lift them up. Like what the hell? (laughs) I mean so beautiful. How much more serendipitous, like amazing, wonderful person. Like I said, that's fine, you know, I would love, I'll take it. (laughs) You don't turn down something like that. Like that's just the universe thing, like, go do this. The next thing I knew, like, we signed up. And in January of 2010, we were on a plane to Manhattan to go learn how to cut some curly hair. <laughs> wow. And we came back. I went from my parents having to help me pay my rent. my car. I mean, they were helping me. I paid, I think, groceries, electric, and my cell phone bill. I think those were the three bills that I paid myself. And like they helped me with everything else. I went from that... In January to March of 2010, I called my mom and I said, I don't need anything. How can I pay you back? Like, let's begin that discussion. So in less than three months, my entire world just completely changed. And because there was such a need, and I paid Jen back, I think within like two weeks of getting back. (laughs) I mean, it was like a no brainer. It was so, it was just, I remember handing her the money with that much more money also in my pocket almost, you know? And I was, the amount of gratitude that I had have for my clients, I don't think you can measure it because every single client, because I didn't have that. Like slow burn and slow build. It did happen overnight. It didn't happen overnight. I mean, there was a lot leading up to it, but I got busy so quickly that, I mean, I was running on adrenaline and gratitude and coffee for so long. I was just on cloud nine. Every single person that sat in my chair, I was like, I'm going to be able to buy my kids whatever they need or the the school that my kids went to was a private school. So they were around a lot of kids that had a lot more than they did. We yeah. weren't like poor, you know what I mean? Like they had right. no one, they, they were young. They didn't know, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But they had, um, they were around kids that just had lived a different life than they did. Being able to change that for them so they had what those other kids had in some ways. And then as they're older, I find out they had no freaking idea. They had no idea really, you know, of a lot Mm -hmm. of it, of what we were actually going through. And then, um, but it was little things like getting invited to like a birthday party. And then I could afford to buy a gift for them to take. It wasn't like a huge stress to think, oh shit, now we have to buy a present. Or if they had like a, crazy hair day or like something at school, like I could afford to do that without massive amounts of stress, just like the little things. So.
0: You know what else I was just thinking about is my mom was a single mom, kind of a lot of what you're saying kind of is similar. And she always made things seem kind of like an adventure or she made things seem really Like, I never knew when I was like, I want a doll, mom. Can we go get one? She'd be like, let's go Friday. And it's like, I look back now and I go, she wanted to go Friday because that's the day she got paid. Exactly. She didn't ever let us feel, like I never felt bad. I just was like, that makes sense, mom. Sounds good. It's like, people don't really like stop to the side of their journeys to be like, holy shit, that happened and that happened and that happened. And it's like, to me, that's what's so beautiful about your
1: story it's just every think i mean it's crazy we like that was how i went from zero to having some success in the industry and you know when you have nothing self sufficiency alone can feel like you've arrived and you've made it in a way that that people that have never been in that complete deficit I I don't think could ever understand or feel and yeah I believe that it just gave me a sense of gratefulness that it I can't I don't really know how else to explain it or compare it but that gratefulness drove me to take uh I was a big I'm a big fan of uh Michael Cole Oh yeah. He's guy's amazing. He's like the Tom Hanks of the hair (laughs) industry. He's a national treasure. So I took a lot of things that I learned from Michael Cole. I had a book of his that I borrowed from Nyoka, the woman I assisted for. And it was back when the books had CDs. And I would listen to the CDs when I was home, like cleaning. And it was just all the things like basically how to act right and not be an idiot, like behind the chair. And I did everything he said. And, um, I just kind of followed remembering what I learned from Michael Cole. And then when you added that with just extreme unexplainable gratitude, as he would say, boom goes the dynamite.
0: Yeah. So you did that and you, you built your business and you were just doing awesome. And then how have you kind of transitioned into where you are today? Because now today you have your own podcast, you have your own community, you have your own online business. And so you're, you're not doing the behind the chair, but you're taking a lot of, it sounds to me like a lot of that experience and infusing it into something and kind of like when you started doing hair thinking it was going to work around your life. And now I know your life is again, different than it was when you started the industry. Like how has the pivot that you've made started to work around your life again. And how did you get to today?
1: I started to think I, as soon as I started to have any level of success, I had friends and acquaintances ask me not necessarily how to, how do I cut curly hair? But it was like, how did you get so busy? How do you stay so busy? Like, how are you doing what you're doing? And I really, really enjoyed, I found that I really enjoyed trying to help them kind of figure out ways to do better in their business and ways to grow their clientele, get better clients, like thin the herd of the ones that weren't treating Mm -hmm. them right, you know, everything. I really enjoyed it. And it was kind of, I was kicking it around in the back of my head. Like I would love to, I'd love to be able to do this on a bigger scale and be somebody that cheers on stylists. And even if they don't work in a big salon, because back then when I was in a big salon, that was like the way to get education. Like we had Sam via come to our salon, like people like that. There wasn't online as we know it now. And, um, I just remember thinking like, I would love to just kind of be a voice for anybody that, wants to make it and encourage them, whether it's to build their business or to like go beyond the chair, but kind of like, how can I help them do this? How can I cheer them on? How can I take everything that I know, give it to them in small doses so they can focus on what they're doing, but like have my knowledge too, (laughs) which is kind right. of a convoluted way to say it. But, um, and then I was, start, I felt like I was getting burnt out behind the chair. It was, I was getting to the point where I had so many new clients and I was giving them that same lesson for the curly hair, like what to do every day. It was like over and over and over the same speech and the same, and I, the gratitude was there, but I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was giving it what I had been giving it a few years prior. And I didn't like that. I didn't like the way it made me feel. I just didn't, um, I just wasn't as lit up by my business as I knew that I should be for as, and as my clients deserved for me to be, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right, right. So I was in that place. I was starting to think like, what am I going to do? What's next? I wanted to do everything I'm doing now, but I didn't know how to say that. Like, I didn't know exactly what that, looked like. And then I met my husband Andrew in 2016. I know it's cheesy, but I feel like he's my soulmate. I don't think it's cheesy. He's got my soulmate can also be my business coach. (laughs) Like Like another angel on your path though. It really, it was like the universe is like leading me towards this. And this it was by Mm -hmm. no means all we talked about, but it was definitely it was we liked talking about our businesses. Like that was what we spend a lot of we still spend a lot of our time talking about that because we both enjoy it and about six months after we started dating we got in a car accident we got rear-ended and we both walked away from it but I was never the same physically okay and I couldn't work the way that I used to work I couldn't Mm -hmm. keep up that pace and I was like this is another kind of nudge from the universe and then I started having panic attacks on my way to work and I was like this is really it's really time to start thinking about something else and that first I took a week off after my car accident I remember looking at Teachable and I went to one of their webinars that they had and I was like I'm gonna do something I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do but I'm gonna do something I'm gonna use Teachable (laughs) to do it and I thought it might be like B to C like teaching curly hair I didn't know. And, um, so we kept on that path of, I want to do something. I'm just not sure what else I would like to kind of make my exit slowly stage left from behind the chair, but I'm not sure what that looks like yet. And then in 2017, a week after my 40th birthday, I found out I was pregnant with my son, AJ. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And um, I said, I remember saying to Andrew, if I don't make a change, the universe is going to drop a piano on me, like Mm -hmm. Looney Tunes, Wile E. Coyote style, because what what other nudges are there, you know, like what else could possibly... So, I took some time. I still did a little work behind the chair. And then, ever since AJ was born, I was just, I kept thinking, what can it be? I, ha- I know what I have inside of me. How can I take it and direct it? And I tried a bunch of different things, like on a really, really small scale. I even thought about going back to making soap and body scrubs because I used to do that. I was like, I'd have to do something. What can it be? And then, but I want it to fit into my life now. It has to fit in my life now. And it has to be something that's going to be right for my family. And I remember one day I was sitting in the playroom, AJ was sleeping on me and Andrew and I were talking about something. He goes, why don't you just do a podcast? And we had talked about it before. And I don't remember why I had rejected that idea or what the hell I was thinking, not just listening to him the first time. And when he said that, it was, I think in this August of 2019. And I was like, you're like, why don't I do a podcast? That's insane. Like why, you know? So I started, I sat down and I did a brain dump and I came up with like 50 topics that I could speak about easily. I said, you know what? I should do this. Let's just bootstrap it. Let's just see if anybody even wants to hear what I have to say first um, and see how it goes. So I started doing it and after, I don't know, like a month or two, I started to get a little bit of traction and people, I was seeing like reviews on my Facebook page and I had no idea who the people were. And that to me was a good Mm -hmm. indicator, you know? And then of course, in the, you know, in the very beginning when we started doing it, it was really just something for me to do like, so I didn't lose my mind. But then, of course, my entrepreneurial brain, like how can I monetize this and still serve my industry? Like what can I do? And I went through a few things, thought about courses. And you know me, like we've been in contact, like you've watched me kind of feel things out. And um, I landed on, I bought, I had a, not bought, I'm sorry. I put out a course, nobody bought it. that's fine. You know what? I shouldn't say that. One person, one person who I've known for years, another curl artist bought it and, um, nobody else bought it. And I said, you know what? That sucks. But how many people have you heard? And we've had this conversation before that fail and fail and fail and they fail. And then all of a sudden something happens and they are doing well or their idea takes off. So yeah, that happened. And I kind of like expected it to fail, I guess. But it's also
0: kind of like part of like, you're like, I got to get my street cred. I got to have a couple things not work so that when
1: pe- things do work, I can like sit with people and it's just real life. It's just real. I love Yeah, it. I can say, look, I did this. I put some time and energy and we did not. We, we have never spent money on advertising as of now for anything that I do with this. I'm not talking about like behind the chair, but anything for the podcast or my mem- any I decided on the membership community. We are not spending any money on ads for it right now. That's, you got to talk to Andrew about that, but I agree with his strategy. <laughs> and it is, it's been a little bit of a journey and it's been positive nonstop. And I'm in this place where it's funny. I have accumulated more followers on Instagram in, six months than I did in like eight years of my other of my other account for my behind the chair. And yeah. I'm meeting these like fabulous like you. I met you through Instagram. And I'm yeah. meeting like these fabulous, inspired, badass bitches that are just wonderful people that want to push the industry forward, that wanna lift other people up. I realized I pull my audience a lot. I try to, because I think, I just think it's smart. Like I ask them, what do you want? Like, how can I serve you? What can I do for you? What do you need help with? And I am not afraid and I've never been afraid in anything I've done to throw something at the wall and see if it sticks and just see if there's interest because it's what I did with the course. Nobody bought it. Except for Jessica Guster from Forge Salon. <laughs> bless, her, bless her heart. And then um, I was like, what else can I do? And I realized the membership community. I think this might be something I've always said big wins and small doses. I started Sweet Little Empire in, I think it was 2018. And that was me throwing something at the wall like, how can I serve? It was. It was basically what I'm doing now, minus the podcast, where where it all come together? And I put up a thing on my Instagram stories, would you guys like this? Yes or no? And it was like a really long thing, keep clicking through, yes or no, yes or no. And I had some feedback, and it wasn't a lot. It was probably like four or five people. But those Mm -hmm. four or five people spoke, I think, volumes for like, A lot of people that follow me and a lot of people that might be interested in what I have to say, which is it was matching up to what I thought was the need, which is I am full-time behind the chair or part-time behind the chair. Either way, I have everything else going on in my life too. I would like to get better at social media, learn how to tell my story, learn how to show people how freaking amazing my work is, but... I come and I sit and I look, you know, Instagram, other places. And I'm like overwhelmed because the people that already know how to do it, do it so well. And I feel like, I don't know if I can do that. And so I don't know what to post, what to say, how to tag it, how to email my clients, all of that, like how to fall in love with telling my story and fall in love with like showing up every day and be there. And I don't want, to take a course for that because I don't have time. But if you give me a little bit each day or each week, I can digest that and then go do it. And I had put that out on the the poll. And this one woman emailed me back and she said, you know what, if you had said all of this, even though I need all of this, if you had said you were going to offer all of this as a course, I would have clicked right past it. But when you said you were going to offer this in like small manageable doses, I'm really interested. And I had a few other people say similar things. And I was like, this is, this stuck. I threw it at the wall and it stuck. And it's what I can do in my reality right now. I have a toddler attached to me most of the day. Right. (laughs) My husband works from home. We kind of switch off. But... I can narrow down my lane and really focus on getting people to understand how to market their business, how to tell their story and to actually enjoy doing it because if you don't enjoy doing it, you're not going to keep doing it. Or it's going to be a huge like lag on your creativity and a lag on your just like your when you need to show up behind the chair and be creative and be on for clients like I I want that energy to, to be there, not to be in, how am I going to document this? And how am I going to post about it later?
0: And I love what you're saying too, about how it's like, you kind of have to find the perfect, you know, match of like, what fits in your life as the business owner, trying to figure out what kind of business is going to work for you. And then also finding that audience and figuring out what that audience wants. And then it's like matching them up. And I feel like the way you said that, it was just really like that's so cool. Cause it, it was so such intentionality, whether you realized it or not, of creating a business and a life that really honors you and then supports the people that need it.
1: Thank you. It was I it was more intentional than my first act. I will say that. <laughs> but this time, I think I just have embraced the creative mess that is my brain. And I have, Mm -hmm. have allowed myself to say, I can help people and I will figure it out along the way. And I will serve people and figure it out along the way. And as long as I stick to that with a shot of, I refuse to accept anything other than good things are coming towards us. And I'm going to take those good things and put them back out to everybody else that you, you can't, I'll fail forward, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I love that you're saying like, I don't have all the
0: answers. I'm figuring it out, but I'm not going to wait to help people. I'm not going to wait to put things out that I know will help people because I like, it's just like, there's a confidence that you have to have. And I think that that's, that's really inspiring. Thank you. Thank you. So where can people find you? Because I know that, you know, like listeners that want to listen to the podcast, want to be in the community. Where's the best place for people to find me?
1: I really think I have a website. I really think the best place for people to find me that want to be part of my world is to go to my Instagram, Independent Stylist Podcast, because I want to help people get better at social media and to listen to my podcast. Every link that you'll need to to interact with me in any way or to hang out with me or be in my world is right on the link in my bio and Instagram. So just remember, Independent Stylist Podcast. Look me up. Say hi. And I'm here. I'm waiting. (laughs) Is that creepy? I'm waiting. (laughs)
0: sharing your story. And I think that it's really one that I feel like is going to touch a lot of people because there's been a lot of seasons to your story. There's been a lot of turmoil and triumph and trying and getting back up. And I think that that's all, everyone you see that's doing something cool has been through things like you've been through. And I think
1: I just, I'm proud of you. Thank you. It's like, that means a lot. And it's like that I I relate everything to a meme. The meme that you've seen on Instagram where it shows like an iceberg and it shows like this small tip that's above the water and it's like, that's the success. But then there's like this huge thing underneath it and you bringing that out of people, like what you brought out of me today, you have a gift. You have a very beautiful gift and I'm proud of you. I'll I'll, I'll turn it it back around on you. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you.